Hey guys, I'm Pete. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Kick Push Pivot Podcast. I'm a former Fortune 500 consultant dedicated to the idea of innovation and growth. And I used to manage marketing tours for the Rolling Stones, focused on creating one-of-a-kind customer experiences. On this podcast, we interview people faced with the decision to kickstart innovation, push through doubt, or pivot to something new. We hope you find something inspiring or encouraging as you listen. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Kick Push Pivot podcast. This is Alex Gallup, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Mr. Pete Mackey. Say what's up to the people, Pete. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. All right. Uh, so uh, first off, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. It's been a great run so far. This is episode 12, and uh, Pete and I have been having a great time here. So I want to say thank you to everyone out there listening and subscribing and liking our stuff. So really appreciate all the listeners. Got a really fun episode for you guys today. I'm excited about this one. Um, Mr. James Romero is here with us. Uh, James is president of the Americas for Rapid Medical, which is a medical device company that works in the neurovascular uh, realm. And I'm sure that James could do a much better job at explaining that than I can. (laughs) So uh, welcome, James. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for those of you that don't know, James is also a fantastic golfer. And uh, (laughs) he has has, uh, severely kicked our butts a couple of times. So I don't know if it's a, being a fantastic golfer, just picking the right people to play with that make you feel like a fantastic <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, any you know, anytime you play with Pete, you feel like you're just on top of the world. That is true. I'm glad we're finally making that official on a recorded podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate that, Pete. Always. Always gotta get gotta stay humble. That's the name of the game. That's why you hire a young buck like Alex. That's right. Just keep you on your toes there, Pete. Right on. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically what we like to start off with, James, is just kind of learning a little bit about you, your background, where you're from, where you grew up, um, maybe where you went to school and and some of that stuff. So if you want to just kind of introduce yourself here. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that, Alex. And and again, thank you, Pete and Alex, for having me on. Um, Yeah, so I'm James Romero. I'm uh, president of the Americas for a company called Rapid Medical based out of actually based out of Israel, the uh, home office for the U.S. is in Sunrise, uh, Florida, but our home office is in Israel. I live in Danville, California, so I'm all over the map here. Live in Danville, office in Sunrise, Florida, and home office in in Israel. Uh, But here in Danville with uh, my wife, Ali, been married actually 21 years tomorrow. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Okay. You are always all over the place, too. I was wondering if we were going to get you in Danville or if maybe you were going to be in, you know, South America or something. Yeah. No, I'm in in Danville this week. I I have to be in Danville this week. Yeah. Uh, Because of the anniversary. If I wasn't, then yeah. That's that's how you stay married 21 years. Mm, (laughs) Secret tips. Wow. We're getting getting all kinds of tips today. That's Mm -hmm. right. And then we've got uh, got three kids. Madison, Nick, and Austin. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, here in Danville, it's beautiful, beautiful area, great place to raise kids. Um, been with Rapid now f- uh, since January of this year, so going on uh, eight, nine months now uh, that I joined Rapid Medical. Um, but my entrance into, into medical device was 20 years ago. I've been in the space for for 20 years. Started um, started off actually in pharmaceuticals. Uh, didn't didn't know what medical device was uh, back then. Started off in, in pharmaceuticals and um, 
you know, call on doctor's offices with a couple of pharmaceutical products that I had for a small company called Burtech Pharmaceuticals out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Oh, there's a connection there. Pete's yeah. a Tar Heel, so Heels, say North Carolina. Oh, that's a buzzword for him. I did, I did. He was starting to nod off, and I saw his eyes kind of pop open. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, did pharmaceuticals for a little while and, you know, met a guy who was in the doctor's office with me wearing scrubs. And he didn't wasn't acting like a, a physician. Um, he was a younger, younger kid, about my age at the time. And so I got to talking to him and asked him what he did. And he told me about this medical device job he had working for a fairly large medical device company. And I thought that sounded really interesting. So um, long story short, he kind of connected me, me with some people that he knew. And that led me into my first uh, medical device job that was 20 years ago. And so, you know, wow. navigated my career all the way through carrying a, a sales bag up into management, into being a vice president of sales for uh, one of the largest medical device companies in the world. And now here awesome. I am, president of uh, Rapid Medical. So, awesome ride. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot to dig into on there. Um, first off, just wanted to say, uh, you know, where'd you go to school and did you go to school for this or did yeah. you have any idea that you wanted to do this? Yeah, good question. So went to Santa Clara University. Um, I haven't ventured too far from from where I grew up. I, I grew up in the San Jose area okay, uh, and then went to school at Santa Clara and, and now in Danville. So I just kind of keep moving like Northeast, uh, up the peninsula or across the peninsula, I guess. Nice. Um, but yeah, I went to school at Santa Clara and, uh, majored in, I actually majored in psychology with a minor in biology. And then they had this, uh, like this emphasis you could do if you had this, you know, uh, this sort of degree that you were chasing, which was called psychobiology, which is essentially how the, you know, human body and brain sort of all interact together. Um, and, uh, so graduated with a degree in that had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but it was, it proved to be a, a really good avenue for sales. Uh, psychology is a pretty good, uh, discipline to learn when you're, when you're talking to people and you do that for a living. So, uh, that ended up working out and, um, yeah, I didn't know, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just kind of found my way into it through networking and, and talking to people and learning what was interesting. So yeah. And psychobiology part. too, that's, that almost lends itself perfectly to medical sales. Cause you got the psychology part and then you got the biology part, right? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. And kind of interesting that it came full circle, full circle with the, uh, neurology piece as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been, that, that's been new for me. As I said, I I've been with um, several different companies. Mo most recently, prior to joining Rapid, I was with uh, one of the largest medical devices in the world uh, called Medtronic. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I made my entrance into um, neurovascular on that side of the business. And so I've been doing it now for about three years. And it's it's a fascinating space for multiple reasons. But, you know, first and foremost, it's because there, there are so many patients across the world, but more specifically uh, here in the U.S. that are inflicted with... Um, with stroke uh, of, of various different kinds. And of those patients, uh, very few are actually uh, treatable uh, that either, you know, because there's a lot of things that need to happen from number one, being diagnosed early, number two, getting to the hospital on time, uh, number three, getting to the right hospital uh, that does intervention. And then the fourth is, you know, having a physician that that is trained in, in interventional neurology to be able to, to um, you know, take, take care of the stroke uh, and the patient. So there's a, a lot of factors that need to come into play. And as a, as a uh, growing um, society, even we in the U.S., we're, we're only treating about five to seven percent of the patients that are that are uh, that have a stroke every year. So it's a very mm -hmm. small percentage of people that are actually intervened. 
So oh, there's wow. a lot of room to grow, and um, and and the space itself, you know, even when they're within the interventional space now. So after after all that happens, and you and you do get intervened, uh, there's a lot of uh, disruptive technology that's taking place in the space to help treat stroke faster, and uh, and to help uh, you know ensure that the, those patients return to a normal lifestyle, normal activity. Very wow. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what was it that brought you into pharmaceuticals then? Was that your first job out of college? No, in fact, it wasn't. My very first job out of college was working for, as I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated from school. So I worked for Enterprise. As most Enterprise. of us don't. Yeah. I Enterprise. For, all right. Yeah. The, me and about, uh, I don't know how many people they hire, but quite a few people out of college. Um, and it was great. It was a, it was an excellent training ground. Um, you know, what I pulled away from that, uh, you know, cause I'm, I'm always one that, you know, whatever experience you have in life, whether good or bad, you got to take something out of it to, to hopefully make yourself better. Mm-hmm. And what I pulled out of that was I, I, I was given a lot of, of um, autonomy and a lot of authority at a very young age. I was managing people by the time, you know, two years after I graduated from college, I was like 23, 24 years old, mm-hmm. managing people. Um, probably didn't have any business managing people at the time and didn't know <laughs> what I was doing, but it's, you know, it's a great training ground when you don't, when you don't really have all the tools, you, you've got to learn. And, and so I think that was certainly something that I, that I gained out of enterprise. And so I did that um, for about five years. And then um, my wife actually uh, went into pharmaceutical sales. She was a pharmaceutical rep. And uh, before we got married, she worked for Johnson & Johnson uh, in their pharmaceutical division, or one of their pharmaceutical divisions. And uh, it was very interesting to me. So I, I wow. moved, into, moved into pharma and kind of followed her. So for a while, we were both both pharmaceutical reps. Yeah, uh, it became a family affair there. Family affair, yeah. And I did that for a couple of years. I only I was only a pharmaceutical rep for actually about a year and a half um, okay. before I made the made the jump into medical device. And the timing of that was interesting too because we, my wife uh, was my wife Allie was just pregnant with our oh first uh, when I was making a a pretty big career jump from pharmaceuticals into medical device. So it yeah. Was, so that's got to be kind of scary there, starting a new family, starting a new job, a new career. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got to be pretty scary for you, right? It's got to be some yeah, issues there. <laughs> it is. I think, you know, any anytime you make a, a career decision, a career move like that, I think you, you've just, you don't, you don't know, right? No, none of us know what, what the future holds, but what you do know is you, you, you can control what you can control. And by that, I mean, you, you know, the company, you do your diligence on the company, you do your diligence on the products in the space you're getting into and you make the best decision for you and your family and, and you just take that leap of faith. And so, yeah, it was a, a little scary, but I believed, I believed in the company I was jumping to and I believed in the products that I was going to be representing. And, um, you know, I, I, for, for good or bad, I believed in my abilities to be able to sell. So, uh, it, it all, it all kind of worked out, I guess. And what would you wow. say was like the main difference then between, or maybe a couple of main differences between yeah. pharmaceutical sales and medical device sales? I'm sure, you know, obviously you had to wear scrubs and not a suit, but, um, you know, maybe I'm sure there's probably some other things there as well. Yeah, I think I think the biggest, there, there's a lot of, of, of differences. I mean, you're certainly, you're right, you know, um, wearing, a, wearing a suit into an office and talking to physicians about uh, the properties of a, of a drug. Um, that's certainly a difference. You know, another difference is obviously that the medications that you're promoting, um, you know, you're really marketing to the physician. Uh, you don't see that end result immediately, meaning, 
you're leaving that office and hoping that the physician heard everything you said and hoping that they're going to think about your product the next time they write a prescription for a patient, but you don't, you know, that it's not the immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. But then you, you think about medical device and it is, it's more, um, it's more acute in terms of the return you're getting on, on how you're doing because you're literally in the operating room or in the cath lab with the physician watching as, as they're using your product and giving them um, the knowledge behind your product and representing your product in the right way so that they can use it for, you know, in their hands, the best of their ability to treat the patient in whatever the mm-hmm. procedure is. So there's, there's quite a few differences um, between the medical device and the pharmaceutical world. And would you say you like, you like the med device world better? Obviously. Yeah, I, love it. I, I absolutely love it. It's a, it's, it's exhilarating. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's fast paced. Um, it's, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be ready at a moment's notice. Um, you know, depending on the space that you're in, there's, you know, there's reps who do trauma, there's reps who do more elective surgeries. So depending on kind of what you're doing, you could be on call, um, at all hours of the day, along with the physician, if he's going to use your product or, or not. Uh, and that's a choice you've got to make in terms of what, what, um, medical device space you end up, cause they're all very different. How I described it's very similar, but, but the actual, you know, practical day-to-day execution of the job is very different depending on what devices you're representing. Wow. Did, um, as you and your wife kind of crisscross paths in your career, I'd be curious to know on the relationship side, did you guys learn from each other uh, at all as you guys cross paths? I mean, you kind of, she led the way initially to jump into a career. I'm always curious to know how the personal side plays out. Yeah, we, we, we did to some degree. Um, she didn't stay. So when I left, I was in it for a year and a half. And when I left uh, pharmaceuticals to join medical device, as I said, she was pregnant with our daughter uh, at the time. And I was only in my medical device job for maybe six months when she had our daughter. And um, shortly thereafter, she stayed home. So there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, of crossover in terms of the, the timing of, of both of us being in pharmaceuticals together, but there's certainly lessons learned there. Um, you know, that, that mostly I would ask her because she, she's, she was a better rep than I was, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and she's not even within earshot. I'm saying that. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was, uh, yeah, it must she, be the truth. Very, yeah. She was very good. Very good at what she, at what she did. I think, you know, from a, from a medical device perspective, I think I probably would have, I probably would have taken her, Take her down. Uh, but, uh, okay. From a pharmaceutical perspective, she was much better than I was. So I, I definitely got as much information out of her as I possibly could. Well, that kind of reminds me of my my favorite dad joke: two blood vessels fall in love in the hospital, but alas, it was all in vain. <laughs> boom, boom, psh, Pete. Always great for a uh, good dad joke thrown in there. Thank yeah, you, for you guys. That. You guys need some sound effects. That, that <laughs> I know. We're waiting on our budget to get upgraded. When that happens, we'll have you back. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you for that, Pete. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, I think, you know, one, one of the major things I think, uh, you know, just kind of the family piece of it, uh, Pete, that you, you talked about is um, it was a pretty big uh, shift for us, or I'll use your words, pivot um, in, this, nice. in this instance. I'm, I'm going like to try and get, I'll try and get them all in at some point, My man. <laughs> but it was a big pivot for us to, um, to go not only from me joining me, you know, one, I, I had a new job as a medical device rep, 
Number two, we had a new child. And then the third component of it is, is my wife's no longer working. And so mm -hmm. it's, you know, me being sole, the sole breadwinner for a period of time. Um, so all of that was, you know, big, a big shift for us. And then, you know, as, as my career progressed, um, you know, I started, I, I got into management. I went in from, you know, from being a rep to getting into management and then the travel aspect of it. And mm -hmm. it starts off, you know, you know, regionally uh, that you, you know, oversaw a region. And then as I, again, progressed even further in my career, into like a v VP of sales role, uh, you start traveling even more. And so those, there's trade-offs there and you've got to have that, you know, I think a relation, having a strong relationship is a big part of it because you, you're a team. Mm -hmm. I may be the, you know, out, one out there traveling around and, you know, seems, seems glorious, but she's the one at home raising the kids and, and mm -hmm. really, you know, um, uh, doing the heavy lifting on the home front, but it's, they're equal, they're equal parts because you can't have one without the other. That's right. I'm glad you elaborate on that because just for me on a personal side, I'm kind of going through that phase myself with two young kids. My wife's an attorney. She's no longer working. She's at home with the kids. And I find myself kind of in a similar world. So it's interesting to hear from you kind of the, how you guys navigated that on the home front, because a lot of people, when they see, you know, your, your, your experience, and your background, your title, they don't always get the other side of things. But as, as whole people, you know, we, we have a diverse and kind of complex backstory to everything. Mm -hmm. So that, thank you for sharing. That's really interesting. I always find the personal side of things really interesting in the journey. Yeah, um, no, it is. It, it, it's the biggest part of the journey. And it's probably the part, to your point, that's not um, often talked about, often described. But I mean, if you think about just the day-to-day -day logistics of having a spouse, whether it's a husband or wife, that, that is traveling and gone for you know, uh, two, three days a week, you know, two, three times a month, um, young kids. And you guys know, I mean, young kids and the sports programs and the mm -hmm. homework and the, you know, the, the dinners at night and breakfast in the morning, you know, that, the whole, there's a lot of complexity there and, and, and it's, and it's difficult and it's challenging and it's rewarding. Um, but, it, but it's not doable unless you've got both partners that are, that are willing to, you know, accept the trade-offs. And so that's, yeah. she's, she's a huge, I mean, I, I say it as, as often as I can, you know, whenever I can, I mean, she, she's as much a, a part of the success, if not more so, because I couldn't do, you know, what I do unless, you know, unless it was for her. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And the kids too, the kids make trade-offs and the kids have, uh, you know, a, a dad who travels and, you know, isn't going to be at every baseball game or basketball game, unfortunately. Um, so you just got to make the best of the time that you've got uh, with them. But, uh, yeah, there's a huge, it's a huge, huge personal side of, of the, uh, of the journey is, uh, is the family and the personal side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as you're moving into this medical device space in your personal journey, what are some of the obstacles that you bumped into, you know, not just your personal development, but maybe things within the business itself. Yeah. Uh, getting, so getting a, yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a great question, and and you know I could point to you know any any time in my career and, and talk about the uh, you know the, not only the challenges but the you know the, the growth opportunities and the fun stuff too. But I think you know I'll I'll, for, I'll focus more on on sort of what's in front of me today because there's as Alex said at the, at the onset of the uh, the broadcast, it's I'm in a new role that you know I'm I'm you know I haven't done before. Um, you know I've, I've prepared up to this moment for it, but there's a lot of new things. And so I'll kind of, I'll, I'll kind of hone in on that a little bit, but just to kind of walk you along that journey a little bit. I mean, I, I was, 
so I carried a bag, uh, went from there into, you know, more of like that, like I said, the regional management role, and then went into more of a regional vice president role, and then ultimately, you know, vice president role, and um, multiple companies along that journey in multiple different spaces, anything, everything from spine to um, ear, nose, throat, to um, uh, interventional um, pain, uh, to deep brain stimulation, to neuro neurosurgery with like robotics and, and uh, um, navigation and imaging, and then ultimately into neurovascular. And, and, and at each one of those, I mean, there's, there's mul multiple challenges and exciting parts in, in any of those businesses. But where I am ultimately today is very exciting because we have um, what I believe to be a, a really disruptive technology in the neurovascular space that's unlike any other product in the market in, in multiple fronts. We've got three devices that are FDA cleared today that are very unique and very differentiated um, to help in the neurovascular space. And when you have those types of devices, you know, there's certainly you know, early challenges, like, you know, any, you know, as early as like clinical trials and setting up, you know, how you want your device to be brought to the market, whether you're going through a de novo pathway, that's like a brand, brand new device that has never been seen before. Or if you're going through a 510k pathway, which is a pathway where there's other predicate devices on the market that are similar, that do kind of what your device does. But in, in either one of those cases, you've still got to go through a trial, just mm -hmm. depends on how lengthy the trial is, how many patients are in the trial and how expensive. Um, so there's th certainly those challenges. And then once you clear all that and clear those hurdles, which is very costly and very timely time, I mean, time consuming, then it, then once they get cleared, then it's down to the commercial and it's how mm -hmm. do we want to execute the commercial strategy and how do we want to, you know, when do we bring on the reps and where do we bring them on and, and how often are we bringing them on and how are we going to compensate them and, and what does good look like? That whole commercial conversation has to take place. And so, um, that's been, you know, there's certainly been, you know, fun challenges there, but uh, challenges nonetheless. And so there's there's a lot, and I can I can dissect that in any any way you guys want. But I kind of threw a lot at you. You asked a pretty simple question there, but I kind of threw a lot at you. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, I had kind of a question just about the medical device space. Like what? And you said you went from different uh, between different like spine and and uh, endovascular, and neurovascular, you know, all these different areas. What is it that makes somebody get into a certain area in med device? Is it just kind of people fall into it, or is it like you know you have to be trained for that specialty? Like, like what what makes somebody go into that specific part or area in medical sales, and then maybe what brought you into neurovascular? Yeah, so I think um, I think it's 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 a lot of things, but I'll, I'll hit on two. I think I think one of it's opportunity. I mean, I think all, all of us are you know given given an opportunity, you're gonna you know likely take a look at it if it's interesting to you. Which is the second point. It's got to be interesting. It's got to be something that that you're interested in doing. I, I wasn't you know really interested ever in in like general surgery as an example. So it's not really something you know I found myself um, navigating toward. But there's other parts of uh, the anatomy and other other areas of medical device that are interesting to me. I, I mentioned a few that, that you talked about. Spine is interesting to me. I mean, there's you know multi, many different types of, of spinal disorders, and and that you know that surgery in and of itself is getting um, um, is, is improving, and those outcomes are improving because the technology is improving. Mm -hmm. We have things like spinal robotic surgery now uh, that that I was fortunate enough to. Uh, part, you know, participate in the in the, on the in the uh, onboarding of of a of a 
company, another company based out of Israel uh, at my previous job that we um, brought into the U.S. to, to help with uh, robotic spine. And now you're seeing, you know, robotic spine surgery sort of widespread now or getting to be more standard of care. So I think it just it, it really depends on, Alex, I think the area um, that you're interested in, you know, uh, but you've, you've also got to be given the opportunity too, and that's sometimes the hardest part when you're breaking in, into a, a new industry that you're not familiar with is, you know, how am I going to get that opportunity to at mm-hmm. least put myself out there? Yeah. And then you, and then you enter, you know, the, the neurovascular space and, and, you know, it start it starts to get more and more defined. I mean, the way I, the, the I, I alluded earlier to the neurovascular space sort of in general and, and how, you know, the, the treatment, of neurovascular disease is um, in the patient population anyway, isn't, you know, we're not able to treat all patients that have a stroke today. That's improving through as a, the pathway. First, the diagnosis I discussed, I talked about then the pathway leading up to the person ending up in the hospital for the intervention, but now then you have the products and those products are, are being more and more, um, uh, more and more defined procedurally over time, meaning that there, you know, there's a lot of investment taking place in the neurovascular space right now, which is very exciting as well. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's gotta be pretty rewarding too, right? To see, you know, when your device goes in and actually helps somebody or maybe even saves a life. I mean, that's gotta feel pretty good. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you literally have someone that, that is, you know, um, sitting in a cath lab with uh, a blood clot in their head and you have, you know, through the the amazing um, staff that, that works in the the cath lab, and then you put products and devices like ours in their hands, and they they take that the device and go up into the into the the vessels of the brain and pull the clot out, wow. and literally that patient is, you know, walking out of the hospital the next day, and is back to their child or their husband or you know their their normal life. Um, which is pretty remarkable considering that, you know, a decade ago, uh, that wasn't possible. No, so, no. Amazing stuff. That is amazing. And I'm kind of hearing the passion come out in your voice as you're talking about some of the specific procedures that are enabled because some of your devices. So, um, what is the, what is the thing you would say in your journey at rapid medical or maybe even throughout your career that you've kind of taken away as the, the thing you learned the most? like the most interesting nugget that you can share with our viewers or listeners? Yeah, I, I think it's a couple of things. I think one of them, one of them I said um, a little bit earlier, and that is, you know, I, I you can't, especially in, 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 in the, the types of uh, procedures and surgeries that, that, that we help support uh, you can't control everything, but you can control a lot of things. And so I, you know, I think number one would be just try and maintain that control, but also, give up the control to know mm. what what you have the ability to influence and what you don't and be the best at that you know if you if you like know your stuff um don't walk into something that you're you're not prepared for don't mm. you know don't uh because that's that's the one, one of the things you can control right is your preparedness um and the tools that you have available uh to help improve uh your position in you know in a procedure in this instance so that that would be sort of the number one thing that I would say. And then, you know, one lesson I learned really early on that I've carried forward uh, with me anywhere I go and into, into any sort of management position is surround yourself with really, really good people. Yes, and people that absolutely. also have that passion. 
Um, that, you know, people drive everything. People, people drive companies. You know, a company is not a company without the people that support mm-hmm. it. And if you can surround yourself with really good, really smart people who compliment you if you need them to, uh, that's, I think that, that is one of the, I would say one of the biggest keys, um, to my success. And, and I think to, to most people's success, if you look around them is, is the people they surround themselves with. Very cool. Spot on. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, thanks, James, for being on the show. I think we're we're kind of running up on a time here, but I think uh, the listeners that that are going to listen to this episode are really going to get a, a lot out of the things that you said. I think uh, Pete and I had a great time interviewing you. Hopefully, you had a great time being here. Yeah, it was um, awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, of course. So, you thank want, you for being back, on the show. I want to get back on the golf course and win some money off you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to happen. There'll, there will probably be handicaps involved or something like that. But uh, yeah, you we'll definitely get it. back out there. We'll get right. we'll get creative too. It might add some creative license to some of the holes for the for the non technically skilled people. Oh, <laughs> you got to give Pete a couple more uh, days to get you know a few more <laughs> lessons in, and then he'll be right back out there. I'm game for whatever. All right. uh, it was it was a pleasure, you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, again, uh, real pleasure chatting with you guys this uh, this afternoon. So thanks for the invite and thanks for having me on. Of course, and thank you all to the listeners out there who are listening to this episode. Um, be sure to like and follow and uh, comment on on all of our stuff that we post. And uh, we hope that you will come and join us for our next episode. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at KPP Podcast. If you'd like to be on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, feel free to reach out. Hope to see you next time. Thank you.